The Chicago Blackhawks have officially hit the midway point of their season, meaning it's time for me to give out my midseason grades. I will be dishing out a grade for each and every Blackhawks player from the first half of the regular season. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Today is Tuesday, January 16th, or I guess you all will be hearing this on Wednesday, January 17th. Either way, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real quick, if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, and please make sure to go and show some support first by following the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well, which I always greatly appreciate. And for those of you who may be unaware, I will be giving away two free Blackhawks tickets to a game sometime in the second half of the regular season. And all you have to do in order to qualify, first, you have to go and leave me a review either on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Bonus points to those who leave me a five-star review. And you also need to leave the name of your YouTube channel in that review because the second thing you have to do in order to qualify is you have to be subscribed to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. So if I see a review, I choose you to be the winner, but you're not subscribed to the channel, I'm going to go ahead and choose another winner. You need to do both in order to qualify. And also every episode from here on out, if you haven't gotten the memo already, is going to have a video uploaded to YouTube as well. So if you haven't done so yet, please, please, please make sure to go and subscribe to the channel. It's also 100% for free. It only takes two seconds to do so. And it really does help us out tremendously. Also, make sure to go and smash the like button down below. And last, go and ring the bell, turn on those push notifications, and that way you can get notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right, good afternoon, everyone. Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your very first listen here each and every day. As you all are probably aware by this point, due to the title of today's video, The Chicago Blackhawks have now officially reached the midway point of the season. They've played 41 games. They're 11-26-4, dead last in the NHL standings, right where they wanted to be. And on the show today, I will be dishing out a grade for each and every Blackhawks player based on how they performed in the first half of the regular season. My only, uh, I guess, qualification for this is you had to play in at least 20 games for the Blackhawks in the first half because early on in the season, you know, we saw Philip Ruse, we've seen Lucas Reichel play four NHL games. There's been some guys who have been called up and haven't played in a a ton of action. So um, with their sample size being so small, I'm not going to give those players grades, but there's still, you know, basically everyone who's a staple of the lineup the last couple of weeks has been up here for quite some time other than Isaac Phillips. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get right on into it. I will be going in alphabetical order, by the way, which means I'm going to be starting with Andreas Athanasiu, who opened up the year on the top line with Max Domi and Patrick Kane, didn't really 
grasp or fully take advantage of that opportunity. I thought he, you know, he had peaks and valleys in the first 15, 20, 25 games or so. He'd have nights where his speed was undeniable and he was one of the best players on the ice and one of the few Blackhawks who could legitimately create scoring chances for themselves and for their teammates. That's, you know, he's one of the few players on this Blackhawks roster who's actually able to do that. The problem with Andreas Athanasiu, and it kind of seems to be the problem for him throughout his entire career, is A, getting the finished product, and B, playing on a consistent basis. That was really my issue with him in those first 15, 20, 25 games. But I will say here in the past couple of weeks, since he's kind of been demoted down to that third line. The Blackhawks bottom six has really been playing as good as it has all season long. And Athanasiu, to his credit, I've thought he's been a lot more engaged. Uh, He's had probably his best stretch here. um, And he's been very productive, which the Blackhawks have needed out of their bottom six. So um, looking at the stats now for Andreas Athanasiu, 40 games played in 40 of the 41 games in the first half. Uh, nine goals, four assists for 13 points. The goal scoring, you know, I think we've seen it more here as of late, but the consistency in getting the finished product, as I just talked about, that's really been my frustrations with him because we know he has the skill to do it. He shows us at some nights there have just been others where, you know, it just doesn't look like he's provided his best effort. Um, so 13 points in 40 games for Andreas Athanasiu, one power play goal, averaging 15 minutes and 44 seconds of time on ice. I'm sure that was probably a little bit higher in those opening 20, 25 games when he was playing in a top six role. I will say he is shooting 12%, which is, you know, pretty, pretty solid. Anything in double digits, you will certainly take. Um, so for him to be shooting 12% with nine goals, I just like to see him pull the trigger more often and stay consistent, uh, stay, stay firing and aggressive, excuse me, in the offensive zone, because clearly he's finding some success when he gets opportunities. Uh, although the same can kind of be said for this entire Blackhawks offense, they're last in the NHL and average shots on goal recorded per game. Um, and then in terms of Corsi percentage, some deeper analytics for Andreas Athanasiu, um, his Corsi 4 percentage is 45.8%, which honestly on this Blackhawks team really isn't that terrible. And I think that's a credit to him, again, being one of the few players that can actually create offensively for this Blackhawks offense. So all things together, I am going to give Andreas Athanasiu a C-plus for his performance so far here in the first half. A bit underwhelming, if I'm being honest, but the skill set is undeniable. I just, you know, like we have the past couple of weeks, I want to see it on a more consistent basis. Uh, so I'm going to give Andreas Athanasio a C-plus for his performance in the first half. Next, we have Colin Blackwell, who finally scored his first goal as a member of the Blackhawks not all that long ago. I believe that, yeah, that came against the Calgary Flames when Lucas Reichel carried them to a 4-3 to three overtime victory. All in all, Blackwell has played in 35 of the 41 games this season. One goal, four assists for five points. I can't lie, offensively, I've been pretty disappointed with him. I know the Blackhawks' offense as a whole has been disappointing, but when the Blackhawks brought in Blackwell, he was someone who I was really impressed with every time I saw him last year with Seattle. In a similar role that he's in with the Blackhawks now. Obviously, two different situations two different types of um, rosters surrounding, you know, those, those two teams. Um, But Blackwell was a a good goal scorer in the bottom six and someone who can contribute offensively. At least that's what he did for Seattle last season and looked really good against the Blackhawks 
we just haven't seen it this year, man. It's been, it's been really frustrating. Um, I'm sure it felt good for Blackwell to finally get on the score sheet, but I know that he'd even tell you having one goal in the first half of the season uh, is certainly him not living up to the expectations when the Blackhawks brought him in. It will be interesting to see if they try to move him at the deadline, considering he, even though he signed a two-year deal here, uh, it is relatively cheap, and he could be a good depth add for another team trying to compete for the Stanley Cup. Uh, some of the other numbers here for Blackwell average 11 minutes, 51 seconds of time on ice, mostly a fourth line role, some third line at the beginning of the season. But um, with the offense not being there, I believe the fourth line does make sense at this point. Uh, he's got 34 hits in 35 games, so providing some physicality. Uh, and then in terms of Corsi, 38.8%, not very good. Um, although the fourth line for the Blackhawks usually is doing a lot of defending. Uh, but in comparison to someone else who's mostly had a fourth line role this season, uh, that's not very good for Colin Blackwell. So all in all, uh, this may be a little harsh, but uh, I'm just being honest here. This is my job to, you know, call a spade a spade. I'm giving Colin Blackwell an F. I, I know he's been all right on the penalty kill. Um, he just hasn't been a factor nearly enough so far this season. One goal in 35 games. I, I really expected him to be someone in the bottom six who could help this offense be certainly better than they are right now, dead last in the entire league. So, yeah, an F it is for Blackhawks forward Colin Blackwell. Next, we have Jason Dickinson, who was acquired from the Vancouver Canucks, along with a second-round pick for Riley Stillman. That looks to be one heck of a trade for the Blackhawks. I apologize. I don't know why the camera just decided to get blurry there. Usually when I zoom in and zoom back out, it comes back through. Hopefully the connection and the quality will get better here, folks. I apologize. Uh, but for Jason Dickinson... He's played in 37 of the 41 games for the Blackhawks this year. Four goals, seven assists for 11 points. Sadly, he is in the midst of a 28-game goal drought. When the Blackhawks first acquired him, he had that massive game with Sam Lafferty against the San Jose Sharks, a three-point night to start off his Blackhawks tenure. Hasn't been able to produce the same offensively really ever since. Although I don't expect that to kind of be Dickinson's bread and butter. I think he has been a decent two-way forward, but it would have been nice to see him um, at least do a little bit more and carry some of that momentum along with him in the past, you know, 20, 30 games where he just hasn't been able to find the score sheet all that often. Uh, he's averaging 15 minutes, 17 seconds of time on ice, kind of a third line role, same time on ice as Athanasiu. Uh, I've been impressed with Dickinson. He's 49.9% at the faceoff dot. Really, all these Blackhawk centers have been really good at the faceoff circle so far this season. Um, that's probably been, you know, uh, again, defensively on the penalty kill. That's probably been where probably been where Dickinson has been at his best. Uh, and then in terms of Corsi, he's got a 38.8 Corsi 4 percentage. All in all, I'm going to give Jason Dickinson also a C plus. I think he's been all right. He hasn't been great. Definitely hasn't been terrible at the same time. Uh, but it, he does seem to have the trust of Blackhawks head coach Luke Richardson right now. He's really been centering that third line uh, for quite some time here. And I kind of expect that to be his role moving forward this season. Next, we have Max Domi, who's been one of the pleasant surprises for the Blackhawks this year. He's played in all 41 games at the midway point of the season with a team leading 13 goals, 17 assists, and 30 points, which also leads the Blackhawks right now even more than Patrick Kane. Um, and while it is, I still think a little clear that Domi isn't a top-line player and just doesn't have 
the skill set to hang in with uh, Patrick Kane night in and night out. He has been much better offensively over the past two months than he was at the start of the season. His goal scoring has been a much needed addition to this top six. In fact, I, I think one of my only issues with Domi is he still seems reluctant to try to defer over to Patrick Kane. Like you're leading the Blackhawks team in goals. You're leading this Blackhawks team in points. You're probably the best shooter on the team right now. Uh, fire that puck every time you get an opportunity, Max Domi. That's really been my one critique with his game so far this season. Uh, he's also tied with Jonathan Taves for the most power play goals on the team with seven, averaging 18 minutes and 22 seconds per game. Been a top-line role for Domi all season long. Uh, and the face-off percentage, how about this for Max Domi? A career-high 55 0.9% at the dot. Really, you know, we, we thought that was kind of going to be an issue going into this year. We expected him to play with Patrick Kane based on how he was handled in the preseason. Those two basically were like glue and were stuck together. Uh, it was going to be, we were, we were thinking it was going to be an issue for Domi, whether or not he was going to be able to win enough face-offs to be productive and consistently get Patrick Kane the puck. But he's been incredible in that area. 55.9% tip of the hat for Max Domi for really doing some solid work at the face-off dot this season. Shooting percentage, he's also a guy well into the double digits at 14.1%, which is, again, why he needs to continue shooting the puck. Um, and then the Corsi percentage on a bad Blackhawks team, Max Domi's Corsi 4 percentage is 50.3%. That is worth noting. This Blackhawks team spends a ton of time defending. Uh, they have one of the worst offenses in the entire league, but when Max Domi is on the ice, they're spending more time in the offensive zone, getting shots off on the opposing net that they are defending, facing shots from their opponent. That's worth noting. So all in all, it's hard not to be impressed with Max Domi, and I think that's why the Blackhawks have had these thoughts about potentially keeping around, keeping him around, even though when they first signed him, there was the expectation that he was, you know, absolutely going to get dealt at the deadline. And that could still happen, but there certainly have been some talks potentially about Domi sticking around here in Chicago, especially if Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves are not going to be around. So altogether, I am going to give Max Domi an A minus. I think he's been really solid. I, I've really liked his game particularly the past month or two, even though there hasn't been a lot of success for the Blackhawks as a team. He's been doing a lot of the heavy lifting offensively. So great work by Max Domi in the first half. I'm giving him an A-. minus. My only critique is he needs to be shooting the puck more and needs to be more aggressive with the puck on his stick. Next we have... Mackenzie Enwistle, who played in 35 of the 41 games through the uh, first half of the season, two goals, three assists, five points, a little bit underwhelming for Enwistle, I got to say. Uh, he's been averaging 11 minutes, 36 seconds of time on ice. Another guy who's mostly been in a fourth line role this year. He's got 65, 63 hits, excuse me, in his 35 games. I really always like the physicality that Whistle provides. He's a big boy with speed and he knows his role. I think he fits that to a T. Uh, he's been all right at the faceoff dot this year, 48.5%, close to 50. And for being a young guy who's, you know, still kind of learning the ways of the NHL, I'll take that out of a young Mackenzie Entwistle. Uh, the Corsi percentage is really what I've kind of been surprised with. 47.0% Corsi 4 percentage for Mackenzie Entwistle. And comparing that to uh, Colin Blackwell, who was down in the 30s, even Jason Dickinson, who was down in the 30s. That's impressive for, for Whistle. And again, like Domi, it's worth noting 
any of these guys who are even close to the 50% mark for the Blackhawks when they're like 38% as a team or something absolutely dreadful. Uh, I will say, though, offensively, I was hoping for a little bit more out of Mackenzie Entwistle. Um, I, I do think kind of out of the fourth line guys, he's the one who I believe can have the highest upside. We saw him display his offensive skill set. Listen, he's not a, a puck handler. He's not a playmaker, but he can go to the dirty areas. He knows what to do uh, to get the job done. I thought he did that a little bit more last year with the Blackhawks. That's kind of why. I had higher hopes for him to take another step this season, and we just haven't been able to see that so far. But to be fair, again, the fourth line hasn't done all that much scoring for the Blackhawks all season long. So taking everything into consideration, I'm going to give Mackenzie Whistle a flat C for his performance so far this season. Moving on next to one of my favorite players on the roster, as all you consistent listeners of the show know, Jack Johnson, who, believe it or not, has played in all 41 games here at the midway point of the season, which makes absolutely no sense. We're sitting Isaac Phillips or Ian Mitchell right now, even Caleb Jones. We're sitting one of those guys right now behind Jack Johnson, and it just doesn't make sense. No goals for Johnson in the first half. No surprise there. His lone tally last season came in the uh, season opener against the Blackhawks. Didn't score in another game the rest of the way. He's only got four assists, basically been stuck on that for the last month now. Four points. Averaging 20 minutes and five seconds of time on ice. It's that high, mostly due to him playing a top pairing role for whatever reason for the first like 25 games. Don't really understand what that was all about. Clearly, he was a little bit in over his head. Uh, To Johnson's credit, I will say he has been a warrior out there. He's blocked 69 shots this year. He's still been physical as a big boy. He knows he has to provide that on the back end with 52 hits and 41 games. That's really all the nice things I can say about Jack Johnson, though. The Corsi 4 percentage is 36.3%. And shout out to my buddy, Big Will, who runs the Sweet Home Chicago Sports Analytics uh, Twitter page. And every game when he posts the, the results from the Blackhawks game, Jack Johnson is at the bottom nightly. He's horrible. Stop playing him every game. We're moving on. Jack Johnson gets an F. He didn't do anything in the first half of the season besides eat minutes and look bad and make people hate Seth Jones even more. Ridiculous. Moving on next, we have another Johnson, Reese Johnson. I will not be talking about Tyler because he did not play in enough games in the first half of this regular season. But for Reese, 32 of the 41 games, he was in the lineup. Two goals, two assists for four points. We know he's not going to do much offensively. Uh, Averaging 10 minutes, 17 seconds of time on ice. Literally just been a fourth-line center or a fourth-line wing all year long. But to his credit, He's been decent in that role. He's got a 55%. He's 55% at the faceoff dot, which for your fourth line and on the penalty kill, that's exactly what you want. And even though he's only played in 32 games and averaging just 10 minutes a night, he's got 89 hits right now. I mean, he knows what he has to do. There's no, there's no uh, fluff to his game. It's Reese, go out there and win a faceoff, be responsibly, be responsible defensively and throw your weight around. And to be fair, He's kind of done those things this season. So, like, I don't have really any knocks about Reese Johnson. Would I love him to be doing more offensively? Sure. But I also don't put him in the same boat as Mackenzie Entwistle, where I could actually expect him to take a leap in that area. So, having four points in 32 games, I can't really knock Reese Johnson for putting up those kind of numbers. Uh, 38.4 Corsi 4 percentage, just what we've seen out of all the four li- fourth liners other than Mackenzie Entwistle. 
maybe it's a little bit unfair that I'm looking at Reese in a different spotlight than Mackenzie Enwistle because I gave him a C. I'm actually going to give Reese Johnson a B minus for his performance in the first half of the season. Next up, we have Caleb Jones, who got into the lineup in 32 of the 41 games. Only one goal for Caleb. Kind of frustrating after that really seemed like uh, he tied the Blackhawks team lead among defensemen and goals last season, even though he only played in like 50 games. So kind of tough to see him only have found the back of the net once so far here in the first half. Added that with eight assists for nine points. It's been all right offensively when he was in the lineup. He did have that stretch in like um, mid-November where he was kind of for like four or five games there. He was a point per game guy. That was really, I think, the peak of Caleb Jones's performance so far this season, because uh, as of late, it has not been the prettiest and his defensive inabilities are just becoming a little bit more prevalent and prevalent seemingly every time he's on the ice. When he has been in the lineup, he's averaged 17 minutes and 55 seconds of time on ice with 44 blocks and 45 hits. I will say I, I have been impressed with that out of Caleb. I think he's aware that he, you know, needs to show some more defensively in order to even have a chance to be an NHLer in this league. And I've liked how he's gotten a little bit more rugged along the boards. It's still not a strength of his and he still loses a lot of puck battles, but I certainly have seen some improvements in that area out of him this year. Uh, and then in terms of course, C4 percentage, 48.2, not terrible. We know he's one of the few defensemen on this team who can turn defense into offense, a good transition player, good pass first player, just, you know, to only have one goal at this point and to be just a weakness on this team defensively, uh, it's frustrating. And I still think kind of like Ian Mitchell, the Blackhawks should be playing Caleb Jones every night, even if they don't think he's part of the future plans, just to be sure, just to be a hundred percent positive. Why not play him every night in a lost season? instead of playing Jack Johnson. I just don't understand it. Um, but yeah, it has been a first half of struggles for Caleb Jones. I'm not denying that, particularly the last month or so. I'm going to give Caleb a C- minus for his performance so far this season. Next up, we have Seth Jones, who's gotten in 31 of the 41 games this year, missed 10 games earlier on. He's got two goals and 14 assists for 16 points He's been more aggressive with the puck on his stick as of late, which I've certainly liked to see. But, man, this guy just needs to be doing more in the goal-scoring department. It just near, has not nearly been enough, especially for someone who was, you know, routinely scoring over 10 goals with the Columbus Blue Jackets and even with the Nashville Predators. To only have two goals at the first half, it is a little bit, bit lackluster. But I do think Jones has been performing a lot better as of late. I think he's now got five points in his last or six points in his last five games, just as coming off a three point night against the Seattle Kraken. Uh, I do think he's been better, particularly since being paired with Jake McCabe and shedding uh, Jack Johnson as his D partner. That top pairing has been really sturdy for the Blackhawks. I've liked what I've seen out of both those guys. Kind of unfortunate that Seth, it took this long for him to get a legitimate D partner. Uh, he's still averaging 24 minutes and 45 seconds of time on ice a game. So He's been in the top line spot uh, all season. Hopefully, Jake McCabe will stay there for the remainder of it now that those two have kind of settled in. Only one power play goal for Seth Jones. That's, again, another area he needs to be working on. Uh, he does have 62 blocks in 31 games. I'd expect him to be among the league leaders in block shots when it's all said and done again this season. 41 hits in 31 games. I'd like to see him a little bit more rugged, considering he is a big boy, six foot four. Um, 
I, I still think that's, you know, not his true nature of his game, but something he could implement a little bit more as a top pairing guy. And then as far as the Corsi four percentage, 47.5% not terrible. I, I am curious to see what it would be though if Jake McCabe um was with him all season long. Anyways, all in all, I'm going to give Seth Jones I'm gonna give him a flat C for his performance so far this season. I like what I've seen out of him in the past couple of weeks with Jake McCabe, but I, I still think there's more in the tank offensively, and we even saw it last year out of uh, another struggling Blackhawks squad. Next up, we have Patrick Kane, who's played in 38 of the 41 games this season, of course, uh, just had a three-game ha- absence where the Blackhawks won all three contests. Kaner has only eight goals right now with 20 assists for 28 points. Kind of crazy that he's not leading the Blackhawks in points right now. Max Domi has that title at the moment. Only two power play goals for Kaner as well. Uh, he does have 13 power play goal assists, though, which easily leads the Blackhawks. But the negative side of that is that means Kaner only has seven even strength assists in 38 games this year. Man, I know a lot of that is not having true talent like an Alex Dabrinkit around him any longer. Oh, but yeah, it's been frustrating for Kaner at even strength, finding the back of the net. He's shooting 5.7% right now, and it's gone up. It was in the threes there for a little bit. And yeah, it's just been a struggle for Kaner to squeak one through the netminder. Um, that's obviously a career low for him. I've referenced seven times on the show, several times on this show, not seven. Not like I've been counting them all. Um, yeah, it's just been a struggle for Patrick Kane offensively. I'm sure he's frustrated. He has been a little bit better at finding, um, at scoring goals here as of late, but to only have eight at the midway point of the season, I'm sure he's not very happy about that. He's been averaging 19 minutes and 52 seconds of time on ice a game, right around the 20 minute mark. He plays a lot when he's out there. Just not a lot of success with it. Um, but he does have a 49.3 Corsi four percentage. So even though um, the numbers are down, he's still generating and is still having the Blackhawks in the offensive zone pretty frequently when he's on the ice. All in all, though, man, if I'm being honest, I don't like want to blame Patrick Kane, and I don't think it's his fault for some of these issues around him and um, the, the shooting percentage being down. But if I'm being honest here, I'm giving Patrick Kane a B- minus for his performance in the first half of the regular season. Unfortunately, the expectations for him are just so high, and I don't think uh, eight goals is really exceeding those expectations at this point. Oh, the Blackhawks are practicing. Or they're at their morning skate. I'm going to have to tweet that out here in a little bit. Next up, we have Boris Kachuk, who's been healthy scratched a lot here recently, and I understand it. He played like an absolute bonehead in... Oh, I forget what game that was. I think it was against Arizona, maybe? Columbus, I think. Yeah, it was Columbus. Um, Yeah, he feels like he kind of cost himself a spot in the Blackhawks lineup right now. He's played in 22 of the 41 games here in the first half with just one goal and two assists for three points, averaging nine minutes and 34 seconds of time on ice, really not getting out there very often. Uh, He's got 43 hits in 22 games. There's nothing really all that flashy about Boris Kachuk or nothing that um, has really impressed me all that much. I thought there was like a, a three or four game stint in November where he looked good. But other than that, his physicality has been nice. 
I, I just don't know if he does enough to be an NHL or it feels like he's just kind of a filler guy. And that's a little bit unfortunate considering he was part of the trade for Brandon Hagel. Fortunately, Taylor Radish has looked really good and the Blackhawks still have two first round picks to make from that trade. So it'll be a couple of years before we know the true final outcome of that deal. But for Boris Kachuk to kind of look like a wash, um, it is a bit unfortunate. Not sure how much more he's going to get in the lineup down the second half of the season, but yeah, it's clear right now that he's kind of the odd man out of the forward group, and I wouldn't even be surprised if in the second half the Blackhawks recall some guys from Rockford and start giving them opportunities over Kachuk. So all in all, I'm going to give Boris Kachuk a D for his performance in the first half of this regular season. Next up, we have Jujar Kara, who's out right now with another back injury. He had back surgery last season after suffering a nasty concussion on a hit for Jujar Kara. Just been, or uh, by Jacob Truba, excuse me. Uh, It's just been a tough stretch, a tough start to his Blackhawks tenure for Jujar Kara. There's no timetable on a return for him right now either. Um, But he played in 29 of the 41 games in the first half. Three goals, three assists for six points, which I thought was kind of a pleasant surprise. Um, averaging 13 minutes and 17 seconds of time on ice. He is a responsible two-way forward. The problem is just he's so slow. He can't create anything. He's literally a net front front presence and a defensive-minded forward. That's what he is, uh, who can also throw his weight around. 51 hits in 29 games this season. I thought Jujar's been okay. Um, Hasn't added a ton inside the bottom six. I'm going to give him a flat C for his performance this season. I do wish him the best and hope he can get back on the ice here sometime soon. Next up, we have Philip Kurashev, who played in all 41 games in the first half. Five goals, 10 assists for 15 points. I thought Kurashev had, again, just kind of peaks and valleys in the first half. My biggest issue with him the past couple of years is the consistency. I believe in his talent. I believe in his skill set. I don't know if he's ever going to be a top six or a top line player. I could see him maybe being a second or third line guy potentially. Um, and I know he's still young, even though it doesn't feel like that because he's been around now for a couple of years. But the consistency, that's the that's been my problem with Philip Kershev. I just need to see more nightly. Feels like he'll have one of those great nights every five, six, seven games. But we just don't see it enough on a nightly basis. And he's been getting opportunities inside the top six. I mean, he's averaging 17 minutes of time on ice a game. I would just like to see him do more a little bit um, a little bit more frequently. Uh, he's another guy who's really struggled to find the back of the net, shooting 6.8% this season. That's why the goal scoring numbers are so low. Um, interesting to note, the Blackhawks have kind of given up on Kurashev as a center. And when he was coming up through the pool, that was kind of his expectation that he was going to be a guy who could play down the middle. Looks like the Blackhawks have kind of completely wiped that out of their plans. He's been on the wing the entirety of this season and really hasn't taken a ton of draws. Uh, in terms of the Corsi, 44.5% for Kershev. It's all right. Um, my biggest issue is I just need to see more on a nightly basis. It's the problem I have with Kershev for that. I'm going to give him a C plus for his performance so far this season, but I do still believe in his abilities and he is still younger than I think a lot of people believe or perceive, I guess I should say. Next, we have Sam Lafferty got in 35 of the 41 games in the first half, five goals and eight assists for 13 points. He's really turned it on here as of late, which has been awesome to see. Uh, Two shorthanded goals for Lafferty in the first half of the season, by the way. Another guy who's in the double digits, shooting 11.6%. Now, it's nothing to 
go bananas about, but um, considering it's that, you, you would think, or you would like to think that Lafferty um, has heard from the coaching staff to be firing the puck a little bit more often, being one of the few guys who's actually found success shooting the biscuits so far this year. Um, mostly been a third-line guy, kind of as expected, with Jason Dickinson, averaging 14 minutes and 26 seconds of time on ice. Love the physicality that Lafferty provides. He's got 53 hits in 35 games, and he's also really turned it on at the faceoff dot, winning 52.7% of his draws in the first half of the season. Another big reason why the Blackhawks lead the NHL in that department. Uh, as far as Corsi for Lafferty is at 40.2%, which isn't all that surprising considering Jason Dickinson was right around the same. Um, I do think they have been, the bottom six has been creating a lot more offensively here as of late, especially since Andres Athanasiu has been down there and been performing a little bit better. Uh, all things considered, maybe I have a little bit of recency bias here for Lafferty. I've been pretty happy with his play, a guy who brings the energy night in and night out, and that's much needed. I'm going to give him a flat B for his performance here in the first half of the season. Next, we go to Jake McCabe, who really has probably been uh, the bright spot of this Blackhawks team this year. 38 games played, two goals and nine assists for 11 points. Nice addition there from a defensive-minded guy. Averaging 19 minutes and 10 seconds of time on ice. A lot of that, the reason it's a little bit low, though, is because he was a third-pairing third guy for the opening 20 games. Now he's up there with Seth. I expect him to remain there, and the time on ice will go like this the rest of the year. Um, and what a warrior McCabe has been when he's been on the ice. 88 blocks, 88 hits this season. He's been chipping in every way he can. Another guy who's an absolute warrior for this squad, even though... The wins have been few and far between. He brings it night in and night out. Um, I've been really, really impressed with what I've seen out of Jake McCabe. He's also a plus five on this Blackhawks team. What? Plus five? Listen, I know plus minus isn't a very good stat, but to be a plus five on this Blackhawks team, Seth Jones is like a minus 25. Jake McCabe is a plus five. That's incredible. Um, I've been thrilled with how he's performed so far this season. I'm getting Jake McCabe a flat A for his performance here in the first half. Next up, we have getting into some of the final names here. We got Connor Murphy, played in all 41 games for the Blackhawks, three goals and two assists for five points. Never been much of an offensive threat. He'll chip in, you know, I'd like to see him chip in as much as McCabe has been. Um, I do think McCabe has a little bit more dynamic uh, more of a dynamic skill set offensively than Murphy does. Um, Murphy's averaged 19 minutes and 26 seconds of time on ice, kind of been a second pairing guy all season long, whether it's been with Jared Tenorti or Jack Johnson. Uh, to be fair, I don't think the Blackhawks have done him any favors with his defensive partner this year. And that's why, honestly, I, I've been a little bit underwhelmed with Connor Murphy. He does have 85 blocks and 84 hits, so still a guy who, when he's out there, is sacrificing everything and knows what he has to do in his role for this team. My problem is, man, the, the last two years, I don't know. It felt like once Joel Quenville was gone and Jeremy Colleton stepped in, Connor Murphy was the Blackhawks' best defenseman, even when Duncan Keith was still here. Connor Murphy was the most consistent defenseman the Blackhawks had, and then the last two years, um, kind of have been down campaigns for him. It's Corsi 4% just 37.5% this year. I don't know. I just, um, 
it's tough with defensive minded defensemen, especially on bad teams when these guys are defending a lot. And yeah, numbers look like this. I, I still think Connor Murphy, there's, there's more that we've seen to his game. Not all that long ago. I just have some higher expectations for him. Um, I'm going to give Connor Murphy a C plus for his performance this season. Next up, we have Taylor Radish, who also played in all 41 games in the first half. 12 goals and 7 assists for 19 points. The goal scoring department, I've been thrilled with Taylor Radish. He's one of the few kind of complete packages, I feel like, at the forward position for this Blackhawks team. A guy who can score goals. I think he does have top six potential, probably second line more so than first line, but I do think he could be a good offensive piece in the top six. The goal scoring ability is really good. He actually has some size, which not a lot of forwards in the Blackhawks uh, on the Blackhawks or in the prospect pool have right now. Um, a good four checker knows how to use his size. A decent skater, not a great skater, but a decent skater. Um, is good in terms of net front presence, likes to go to the dirty areas. I've been really happy with Taylor Radish in the first half of this season. Uh, Five power play goals has been a nice addition as well, averaging 16 minutes and 21 seconds of time on ice. He's really been a second-line guy for the majority of the season alongside Jonathan Taves. Luke Richardson has stuck with them a lot uh, here in the first half. And look at this, the shooting percentage for Taylor Radish, 19.4%. Keep firing that puck, Taylor, because when he does, he's finding the back of the net pretty frequently. And we saw him do this at the end of last season as well. So I, I don't think it's a fluke. I think he is a good natural goal scorer. And I'm really excited for this kid's future. I mentioned I actually like how he's one of the few forwards with size and provides some physicality. 48 hits in 41 games for Taylor Radish. Nothing to go bananas about, but I like that he is at least implementing that side of his game as well. How about this, Blackhawks fans? Taylor Radish has the highest Corsi 4 percentage of anyone on the team at 53.5%. When he's on the ice, the Blackhawks are in the offensive zone more than when anyone else is. So I, I've been really stoked with about Taylor Radish. He has me excited about his future. I love the goal-scoring ability and the full package. Given Taylor Radish a B-plus for his performance in the first half of the season, I'd like to see him grow a little bit more as a playmaker. Don't ever think that's going to be the strength of his game, but I still think there's another level for him to take it to in order to kind of cement himself and um, add another tool to his arsenal. Two final players that we're going to get into here, Blackhawks fans. Jared Tenorti. Played in 25 of the 41 games. Obviously, he's out right now until at least the NHL All-Star break due to a facial fracture. Uh, but I'm going to give Jared Tenori some credit. I did not think he was going to be good whatsoever when the Blackhawks brought him on. And those struggles were a little bit more prevalent in his final few games. But early on with Connor Murphy, there were some games where that was the Blackhawks' best defensive pairing. And Jared Tenori, who I wasn't even sure was an NHLer, Exceeded my expectations, at least. Uh, in those 25 games, he's got two goals, three assists for five points, averaging 16 minutes and 47 seconds of time on ice. So not a ton, but again, for a guy who's always been a little bit of a tweener in his career, I was pretty uh, pretty surprised to see it be a little bit that high. Um, <laughs> or I, I wouldn't have expected it to be that high when the Blackhawks first signed him. Uh, and the thing that Tenorti I thought has been the best at is his physicality. 
92 hits, still leads the Blackhawks right now, and he's only played in 25 games. So got to give credit to Jared for, for knowing his role out there. Uh, also had 37 blocks in those 25 games. If he was healthy, you know, that number would certainly be higher. I don't have his Corsi 4 percentage pulled up. I didn't write it down, so I'm getting it up on my phone. 37.3%, not all that great, but that's exactly what Connor Murphy has, and those two were paired up together for the majority of the first half. Jordy's been all right. Um, I think it has plummeted a little bit for him prior to the injury. Um, I'm going to give him a flat C for his performance so far this season. Maybe even a C plus. I'll give Jared Snorty a C plus. He was better than what I thought he would be. Um, although I do think the amount of games he's going to play in a Blackhawk sweater is limited at this point. And then last, but certainly not least, we have the captain, Jonathan Taves, who in 40 games played this season, he's been awesome offensively. I'm not going to lie. 12 points and 12 assists for 24 points. Could probably be even higher if the Blackhawks could just get the finished product. It's been an issue for them all season long. But 24 points in the opening 40 games, certainly much better than the first half that Jonathan Taves had last season where it took him 25 games to find the back of the net. Man, couldn't have been easy for old number 19. Um, he's tied with Max Domi for the team lead in power play goals this season with seven, which has been nice to see out of him because he was kind of limited and it felt like, you know, had kind of been a non-factor on the power play for the past couple of seasons that he had been healthy. Nice to see him back to being a difference maker on the man advantage once again. Averaging 18 minutes and two seconds of time on ice, still trusted by the coaching staff in all situations. And uh, I certainly get it. He's been really good everywhere this year. The shooting percentage, 16.9%. How about that for Captain Sirius? Love to see that bounce back out of him. The face-off percentage, best in the NHL, 63.9% this year. Oh, my Lord. Jonathan Taze, doesn't matter how much time he misses. He's still the best in the world at the dot. 63.9%. That's incredible. And then, of course, C4 percentage of 49.1%, which, again, on this Blackhawks team, it's honestly really solid. I've been really happy with Jonathan Taves. Is he the offensive player that he once was earlier in his career? No. And do I think he's ever going to return to that? Probably not. But I do think he's shown enough to not only himself and the Blackhawks, but everyone else in the league too, that he still got it. He can still be a factor on both ends of the ice with his performance this season. Um, and that's great for Jonathan Taves. Great confidence booster for him. And it looks like he's got a lot of more hockey to play here in his career. There are people talking about Taves possibly retiring at the end of the season. I don't think anyone can be thinking that route any longer, as long as he stays healthy, knock on wood, considering the numbers that he's putting up this year. So all in all, I'm going to give Jonathan Taves another B plus for his performance in the first half of the season. Great to see Jonathan Taves back on the ice playing his game uh, as the captain of the Chicago Blackhawks. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Tuesday, January 16th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you all again for tuning into the show and make sure to go and subscribe to the uh, to the podcast on YouTube. Go and subscribe to the YouTube channel and go and follow the show 100% for free and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Once again, 
Thank you all for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, it's going to do it here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.